All right, let's do it. So we start with Christian McCaffrey. Now, we have two pieces of promising news. One is that the average oblique strain is only about a one to two week injury, and most players return with a low performance impact. We don't know yet the severity on Christian McCaffrey, but we do know that he tried to go back in after sustaining the injury, and of course wasn't really able to play at that point. But just the fact that he wasn't immediately ruled out does suggest it's not on the highly severe end of the spectrum. So he'll probably get an MRI today, and then we'll know a little more. But again, rare to have a big absence from this. And then we have Debo Samuel, also some reason for optimism. So he had negative x-rays, and then the Niners' comments suggested that he will likely be fine in the relatively near term. And the most common situation here would be a mild AC joint sprain. And we've seen a number of these this recent this season. The average is about two weeks, and most players would return with a mild performance hit. However, Debo Samuel does have a history of playing through some minor injuries. So it wouldn't be all that surprising if he's out there this coming week. If he is, I would expect at least a mild dip to his performance. And then we have Justin Fields. A little more concerning here. Now that his throwing hand thumb dislocated, they popped it back in. There was no fracture on the x-ray, which is definitely good news because most of those would have required surgery. But now he needs an MRI. The reason for that is... There are a series of ligaments around the thumb, and the most concerning one, in my opinion, would be the ulnar collateral ligament, the UCL of the thumb. If that is not discreetly torn, then we'd call it a sprain, and he mostly this would be about pain control with grip of the ball. If it is torn, however, he'd probably need surgery, and that usually means at least about six weeks out. Now, in the case of just a sprain, why was it so hard for him to grip the ball? What happens after a dislocation is that the whole area swells up. And when the area swells up, one, you have limited range of motion just because the fluid in the area is preventing physically you from moving properly. But the other is that the pain and the swelling prevents the muscles from firing. And it's sort of a neurological pathway that does that. So it wouldn't be all that surprising even in the case of just a bad sprain with the dislocation, that you wouldn't have full ability to grip the ball. So we do expect Justin Fields, given that he's probably playing for his NFL future, to hustle back as soon as possible. So in the best case scenario, we could be looking at about a two-week return. Then we have David Montgomery. Now, it sounds like he's dealing with a bruise to his rib and cartilage area. He'll probably get an MRI today. These are structurally stable, but they're also very, very painful. And the data slightly favors him missing one week, but we'll see how his practice progression goes. There are cases where players get a numbing injection, wear some protective padding, and then play the following week, usually with some degree of performance hit. And then Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, he went to the hospital, and that obviously sounds concerning. He's likely getting a CT scan to rule out any major fractures of his spine and also get a sort of evaluation of his internal organs, particularly his kidney, based on where he got hit. Now, the return will vary a lot depending on the severity, but of course, given that he went to the hospital, we're thinking a little bit on the higher end, and he probably misses next week. 
And then we have Tyreek Hill, optimism here. He left, but then he returned, and he actually had a big play even after he returned. Reportedly was just cramping. That doesn't carry any lingering impact or risk going forward. And then less optimism on the Eagles' Lane Johnson. He, by video, looked like he sustained a high ankle sprain. Typically, these are multi-week absences for offensive linemen. Lane Johnson's as tough as it comes. You may remember last year, towards the end of the year, he played through what was ultimately a surgical injury. But that was for the playoffs and for the Super Bowl. I don't suspect that'll be the case this early in the season. I think he'll probably rest it and be back in about four weeks. And then we have Saquon Barkley, who just came back from his high ankle. Didn't look particularly efficient, I would say. And when he was cutting off of that ankle, it did seem like he had limitations. And that was to be expected this early after that injury. Now, the typical performance hit at this point for Saquon Barkley and someone of his profile would be about 20%, which I think it's fair to say that that's about what he had. And then that goes down to 10% next week. So there's a little bit of an elevated re-injury risk for the next three to four weeks, but Saquon Barkley should be improving quite a bit between this week and next. And one week further into the progression is Austin Eckler, and he had the high ankle week one, and now he's coming back. Austin Eckler projects, as I mentioned, to have about a 10% production hit, and that should improve over the next two weeks. And then with Austin Eckler, you do similarly see a relatively high re-injury risk, but if they if both Saquon and Austin Eckler avoid that outcome for the next three weeks, then we're probably looking at basically back to their running back elite status. And then Justin Herbert. Now, I expect Justin Herbert to be pretty much at peak production despite his finger fracture dislocation on his non-throwing hand. He will be wearing a glove to help grip the ball, and you probably won't see him be extending the ball when he's running. You're more likely to slide to protect it. The main change here is that he will probably be in the shotgun more frequently since it does mitigate the risk of hitting the finger on the center QB snap exchange. There is a mild risk of re-injuring this if he takes a bad fall, but even then, he could probably keep playing with a splint on the finger like he did in week four. Then we have Jameer Gibbs, who was, of course, out this week. His progression suggests that they're treating this like a moderate severity hamstring. That averages about three weeks. Since his injury occurred mid last week, that would lean us towards one more week out before his return, but we'll of course be able to update that to, with a little more accuracy following this week's practice progression. And then we have Joe Burrow. Now he's looking a little better each week. The performance impact of that calf is almost certainly recovering. We still have to cross our fingers for about another two games that he doesn't have a re-injury to this area. And as if we reach that point, then his re-injury risk substantially decreases at about the six to seven week mark. And all signs are pointing up so far. So we're optimistic on Burrow. Then we have Deshaun Watson. Now he has a contusion to his rotator cuff. It is clearly must be pretty severe if he's, if it's causing him to miss this much time. Now, the other thing with Deshaun Watson to keep in mind is that returning to game action is really tied closely to the player's psychology. 
And the Browns have interestingly made it abundantly clear that Watson has been cleared for two weeks now. So this suggests to us that it's no longer just a medical decision. It's now more so up to him. Regardless, we would say that most contusions in four weeks' time do a lot better. They improve quite significantly from week to week. So there's no real telling when Deshaun Watson decides to come back, but my my gut is that that happens in the next one to two weeks. And then we have Daniel Jones. Now, he is likely playing it safe because a strained neck may decrease his ability to protect that area when he's getting hit, and he has a pretty notable injury history with a surgical history there. So the MRI report sounded relatively favorable. So in that case, we'd lean towards about a week seven or eight return. What one curveball may have been released last night is that they said he was having some shooting pains from his neck to his shoulder. And what we can't tell from that, there are muscles that go from your neck to your shoulder. So a strain would basically impact those as well and would explain those symptoms. But the key here is that there are also nerves that do that go in that direction. So a nerve being pinched would cause that symptom, and that is not something you can really reasonably play through. However, if it's just the muscle, that strain should improve over the course of about two weeks. So we're not totally sure what to make of that most recent headline, but going into that announcement, we were leaning towards a week seven or eight return for Daniel Jones. Then we have Tank Dell. Now, he's very likely to come back this coming week, although the Texans are on by, so it'll probably be the following, and at full strength. And then Roshan Johnson is a little bit of the same story, concussion protocol. About three-fourths of players would make it back the following week. And with Khalil Herbert out about four weeks, that the data does favor Roshan Johnson pretty much returning immediately to full workload. And then we have Justin Jefferson, who, of course, is on the IR. So at four weeks, they're going to reevaluate him. They might even do another MRI. Most players would be ready to return at four weeks after four weeks out. The key with Justin Jefferson is that in all across multiple injuries, when players are on really bad teams, and especially now when they may be even tanking, you don't see players come back fast. And we saw this last year, end of last year with Cooper Cup's injury. And it does happen from time to time that players are not rushing back for to help their bad teams. So it's hard to imagine that Justin Jefferson misses more than six weeks, but it may be a little more than four. And then Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth, both with hamstring strains. Deontay Johnson's was a little more severe they are, were, of course, on by this week and very likely coming back this coming week. Now, with Deontay Johnson having had four weeks of rest, there is a little bit of an elevated re-injury risk, but his performance impact expects to be pretty low. Pat Fryermuth, with having less time to rest, he does expect to have a moderate performance impact that should recover over the course of the next two weeks. And again, a little bit of a moderate moderately elevated re-injury risk as well. And then we have Devon Achan. It sounds like it was a little bit of a borderline call to put him on the IR to begin with. And when we look at average data on MCL sprains, it's usually two to three weeks. So IR is a little bit of an outlier there. 
he's a rookie. They have plenty of depth there. They're probably trying to keep him healthy for what is almost surely going to be a playoff run. So it's not totally outlandish, but we do very much expect to see Devon HN back on the field when he's eligible after IR. Then we have Anthony Richardson. Now, Anthony Richardson is considering season-ending surgery, and these grade three AC joints are a little bit of a judgment call. Some players would have it, some players wouldn't. And there's not really clear data in the orthopedic science and literature on who should get it and whether it's better to treat this non-operatively or not. Now, my gut is that if Anthony Richardson were going to have it, he will have it this week, so we'll know pretty soon. But either way, I don't expect Anthony Richardson rushing back. Four weeks is probably not a realistic timeline. It would probably be at least six if he treats this non-operatively. Then Aaron Jones. So he was on track to play and then had some sort of setback last week and then they were on by this week so we very much expect Aaron Jones to return this coming week the key is though for a hamstring strain that's been re-aggravated and a player of his age at running back you will typically see some sort of committee work or workload limitation for Aaron Jones the efficiency impact on a per-touch basis tends to be relatively low when they come back, but usually not going to see a full workload right away. The re-injury risk is also a little bit of a concern, but I don't think we're hugely likely to see this given that he had last week off. And then Traylon Burks. So we may remember back to training camp when he sustained a knee sprain, and then he basically had some taping on his knee that suggested that he re-injured it. Although the Titans said this isn't necessarily the case, the fact that it's the same knee is in itself moderately concerning. And they are on by this coming week. I do expect Traylon Burks back on the practice field and likely back in the game the following week. But with this having happened twice on the same knee, we do expect some degree of performance impact it's going to be a high re-injury risk for the rest of the year. Then a little bit of optimism on a couple of post-operative guys. First, Jalen Ramsey. Now, he was in late July, had a meniscus repair. And the average timeline on that is about three to four months, at least on the early side. The, the average, I should say, is four to six months. But Jalen Ramsey had what was likely a small repair done and he is an elite 90 plus percentile athlete. So given that for him, the average would be about four months time and that would put him into November. So we do anticipate him coming back the end of next month. And then Aaron Rodgers. Now this one, there's really no data to go off of. The earliest Achilles return we've seen in the recent NFL history was Cam Akers at about five to six months. Aaron Rodgers is coming back to a very different position, of course, but given the way he was walking and he was on the field throwing, these are very promising signs, of course, but the key to remember with Aaron Rodgers is that this is not his back leg, his plant leg for throwing, so we think that he has a chance. It's Again, it's never been done. I don't really have data to go off of here, but tendon... Tendon healing would be about three months. And so you would think that 
if Aaron Rodgers is out there, he's of course going to have major, major limitations, limited mobility, limited ability to really drop back. He may be in the shotgun a lot, and he's likely going to have some limitations if that Jets O-line is struggling as well. But there is a chance, and I, I don't think I would rule out a January return at this point. And that's all I got for now, so I would kick it back over.